0: to see (laughs) how is everyone tonight good 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 welcome to Wednesday night deep dive everybody here in the sanctuary and everybody online and if you're watching this tomorrow welcome tomorrow we appreciate you being here we really really do Uh, it's Harvest Christian Fellowship Wednesday night deep dive So uh, if you want to find a couple places in your Bible, I'll open this up with prayer, you can go to Isaiah chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 13. Isaiah 9, Matthew 13. Father God, we thank you for this great church. We thank you for Wednesday night Deep Dive. We thank you for everybody listening tonight, tomorrow, the next day. We just ask, Lord God, that you help me to teach us tonight, and you help us to hear from Holy Spirit and learn what we need to learn. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen amen and Amen. We have been studying a series. Pastor and I have been going back and forth week by week on this thing. We've been studying a series entitled, A Citizen of the Kingdom. And uh, I, I told Pastor Dad, I noticed something that uh, uh, ever since we started this series, I've been teaching um, that uh, Christianity is um, about a kingdom. It's not about a religion. So I've been hammering that foundational truth for us. And what the pastor has been doing when he's up is teaching us application to that truth and and here is why that's so important without a foundational truth of the kingdom then we can we can get off on the fact that uh, all we are uh, are members of a religion and we'll reference that later on what religion is good for but um, as long as we're tied up, On a wrong foundation, we're never going to apply the rights and privileges that we have as being part of the household of God. And without an application of the truth it doesn't really matter whether we've got the foundational truths or not. It's still not doing us any good. So um, I've been teaching foundational truth, pastor's been teaching application of that, and uh, it would be my suggestion that you go online and just go over these teachings time and time and time again. I've got um, I've got teachings that that I have literally listened to for over twenty years, some of them over thirty years, and and I'm just now getting to the point to where I'm like. That's what he was talking about, you know. Of course, I'm a little denser than, than most folk. It takes me a while. So tonight's message, tonight's teaching, I've uh, just subtitled, um, A Household of the Kingdom. So here, here's, again, what we've been seeing. Jesus didn't come to rediscover a lost religion. What he came for was to restore the kingdom that Adam gave away. Adam wasn't part of a religious system. He, was, he, was, uh, he had dominion over a, a kingdom. So Isaiah 9, as we should know by now, should be a foundational pillar of our understanding of where we reside in the kingdom of 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 God. Look at um, Isaiah 9 and uh, verse number 6. Isaiah prophesies this, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government or a system or a kingdom will rest on his shoulders. Now that should be the very, very first thing. So who is that child that would be born that son that would be given to us yes. Jesus and what does it say about him a kingdom will rest on his shoulders so our focus should be the kingdom you see now, now watch this watch here's an important statement that that the church has missed for generations and generations look at verse number seven There will be no end to the increase of his government or his kingdom or of peace. Now watch. On the throne of David, what's the next word? And. We're looking at two things here, okay? There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David, that's the the nation of Jerusalem, um, of, of the Jews, and over his, what? Y'all, y'all got a Bible? Y'all reading your Bible? Kingdom. Kingdom, thank you. So he says this, there's going to be no end... To uh, his reign and his rule on the throne of David, which would be the Jewish nation, and over his kingdom, we need to know that his personal kingdom. Now, jump over to Matthew chapter thirteen. I'll show you something here, Matthew thirteen. Now we're gonna take a look tonight at a couple things that we've looked at before. But, but here's what I want to do tonight. Um, we're, we're going to look at something we've seen before so we can understand why Jesus was willing to do what He, what he did for us. And, and this is the, the you can translate the word in the New Testament scribe over to pastor teacher. Uh, pastor Brent is a pastor teacher. He's just not a, a pastor. He's a pastor teacher. I'm associate pastor slash teacher. That's what we do. Now watch this. Here's the position of a pastor teacher in the kingdom. Matthew 13, look at verse number 52. And Jesus said to them, Therefore every scribe, every pastor teacher, who has become a disciple of, of the religion of Christianity. Come on. You know, if I'm wrong, point that out. Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the what? Kingdom, Kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household, now watch, who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Okay? Here, here's what Jesus was saying. Every time we learn a new truth, I'd say in the last month, have you learned at least one new truth from the Word of God? So, So, a pastor teacher goes into the Word of God, into the treasury, and he finds new stuff to match up with the old stuff that you already know. You see? So now, instead of just knowing one thing, now we know two. Maybe next week we'll know three. And and they all piece together. So, as we learn new truths from the Bible, we can go back and add some of the stuff we've already learned and get a greater revelation. So, jump over to Proverbs chapter number 9. Proverbs 9. It's early, so don't go thinking. I'm wearing you out already. Okay. Proverbs, no, Proverbs 8. I'm sorry, go to Proverbs 8. And, and we've looked at this before. If you study the 8th chap, uh, chapter of Proverbs, you, you begin to see something really, really interesting here. Now watch. The original, Proverbs 8 tells us that the original design of the earth, the original architecture of the whole system of earth was designed by a personage called wisdom. Now watch this. And let me, let me add this. Um, I, w- the first time I got into Proverbs 8, it answered a question for me that I had wondered for a long time, Pastor D. Who was Jesus before he was Jesus. If He's always been, where was He before? You know, who was He before? And, and, and this answered it for me. Now watch this. Um, Proverbs 8 isn't about how smart God is. And it isn't about God the Father. It's about the second person of the Godhead identified as wisdom in the Old Testament. So um, all through... Proverbs 8, we need to read wisdom as an individual, wisdom as a person. You see? Now, watch. V- verses 1 through 4 is the grand call of wisdom. Now, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to show you something here. Um, Pastor and I were discussing this today. You're going to see wisdom starts out by saying, I, I call to all mankind. And then it goes into who wisdom is and what he did. And then it goes into his feelings about mankind and, and all of these, these great, wonderful things. Now watch this, watch. Keep in mind, oh, this is so good. Watch this. Keep in mind, wisdom in Proverbs 8 isn't about God being smart. It's about the second person of the Godhead who was incarnate and named Jesus. Okay? Now watch. This is so good. Watch this. Watch. Uh, Proverbs 8.1. Does not wisdom call? Who? Who? Jesus. Get this. Get this. Get this. Watch. Does not wisdom call? And understanding lift up her voice. Proverbs 8 shows a mothering side. You see? Watch. On top of the heights, beside the ways where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening of the city, at the entrance of the door, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men watch this this just gets so awesome now we're going to go back we're going to go back but i want you to go to verse 22 we're going to see here the position of wisdom in creation then we're going to then we're going to go back and read something else verse 22 now he says the lord possessed me at the very beginning of his way it's like family yeah yeah so uh, it's it's like my children it, it, they're, see, they're my possession. Yes. They're in my house. You see, you see what I'm saying? And, and that's that Hebrew word. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way, before His works of old. Now watch. What we're going to see is the position He had. From everlasting I was established from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. Creation. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the dust of the world. Watch. Brought forth, produced, shown, not created, but brought into position. Okay? When he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies, Above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set the sea its boundary so that the water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, watch, 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 watch. Um, my pages just stuck together. Here. Then I was beside him. Important here, as a master workman. That phrase in the Hebrew means architect, when I, I was beside him when he did all these things, as the architect, I designed it all, and now watch, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, but watch this, look at verse 31, rejoicing in the world his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Okay, now watch. So here's, here's what we know. We know that wisdom calls, and he calls to men. We know that wisdom was the architect of everything we see. Now watch. That doesn't just mean he designed the mountains and the trees. It means he designed the operating system of a perfect world. You got this? Now, watch. Now I want to go back to verse 5. Watch this. Watch. O oh, naive ones, understand prudence, and O oh, foolish, understand wisdom or wisdom's call. Listen, for I will speak noble things. Watch. Do you know what he just said? We know he calls out to us. And we know that he was the architect of perfection. He says, and I call out noble things. Do you know what he's saying? I speak original design. (sighs) When he speaks, don't you know that when Holy Spirit speaks to us, He isn't speaking religion. He's speaking original design. When Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. This way. What he's speaking is original architectural structure of perfection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now watch. Verse 7. Or no, verse six, listen, for I will speak noble things and the opening of my lips will reveal right things, original design for my mouth will utter truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Do you know what wickedness means? It means twisted. Anybody ever sit on wicker furniture? That's the root wickered. It's been wickered. So he says, and wickedness, twisted, is an abomination to my lips. I won't speak to you twisted things. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness, are in original design. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands and write to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and a perverted mouth. I hate that word, two words there, perverted mouth. Do you know what that translates as? Fallen speech. Mmm. Yeah. (laughs) Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. Now listen to this. Listen. By me, by original, anybody that will listen to original design, by me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than the choicest silver. I walk in the way of righteousness. I walk in the way of right design. In the midst of the paths of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasures. How much time have we wasted saying one day, one day the lottery will be mine. I fasted for 900 years. I haven't bit the dog. I've been so religious before God and I can't figure out why I'm still poor. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Okay, jump up to verse 32. (laughs) Now therefore, O sons, listen to me. For blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. Now watch, watch. There's going to be a word here. Obtain. That word means to reach out and pull something toward you. Okay? For he who finds life, uh, finds me, finds life, and pulls forth favor from the Lord. Glory to God. Now watch this. Watch. But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me, they just love death. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Now watch, watch. Here was the crowning act of wisdom's purpose for mankind and why... Wisdom still speaks original design to mankind. Well, how how many can say at least once in your life you were in the middle of something and you heard the Lord say, here's the way I want you to do it? How many? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was wisdom speaking original design. And the only thing he was saying is, this is the way to everything. You see? Now watch. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I'm gonna, uh, you can go over there if you want to. Uh, Psalm 115. (sighs) Holy Spirit will never speak to you about religion. Ever. The only thing Holy Spirit speaks is original design. Watch this. Psalm 115, verse number 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth He has given to the sons of men. Mm. Now, I want you to go to Leviticus 14 and Hebrews 2. We'll see Leviticus 14 first. But Leviticus 14 and Hebrews chapter 2. There are a lot of certitudes in the Bible. A certitude is um, a non-arguable thing. Okay, I'm standing on carpet. That's a certitude. Nobody could really argue with that. And there, there are a lot of certitudes in the Kingdom life. The virgin birth is a certitude. Um, the death on the cross, the resurrection, the Holy Spirit. All these are certitudes. They're they're Part of things that we know. I want to show you another key certitude that should be in our consciousness at all times. Because of man's original purpose. See, watch. Wisdom was the architect of everything. And it was, and God said, and it was, it was good. It was perfect. Just absolute perfection. Perfection. So, man was then created and given dominion. Now watch, this is so important for us to understand. Man was then created and given dominion over the earth, so the earth would continue to operate in its perfected design. That's what man's position on the earth was. And and God, he did the Barak with them. And he put them in charge. And and he said, I'll speak to you. You speak to the earth. Everything will continue in, in perfection. Okay? So, here's a key certitude that we need to keep in our thinking at all time. Because of man's original purpose, which was... To take dominion of the earth and cause it to continue to operate in perfection as wisdom created it to be. Because of man's original purpose, nothing is accomplished on the earth unless it's done through an earthen vessel. See, we, we lost our dominion. We didn't lose our purpose. The gifts and calling of God are without a revoke. You see, so that tells me we know that God said there would be a lamb, a sacrificial lamb from the foundation of the earth that would make sure everything would be restored. Am am I teaching the truth here? So that tells me if there was going to be a sacrificial lamb, there would have to be a body created For that sacrificial lamb, because nothing can, see, only a man had the authority to say, Father, forgive them. Only a man had authority to do that. See, now, hmm. So, the earth was created to operate the way of wisdom's design. To accomplish this, man was given dominion to keep it going. Man rebelled, and because man had been given dominion, that's why the earth fell with him, because man has dominion over the earth. Now, um, wisdom looks upon the fall. Remember, he said, I was God the Father's delight, but my delight was in the sons of men. That was my delight. Can you imagine the grieving that took place when he saw his his created man fall and the earth fall with him? So wisdom says, I will be the lamb. And the father said, then we're going to have to put you in an earthen vessel. You see? Now, we, again, we've looked at this, but what we're doing is going back and we're going to take new truths and we're going to apply them to old truths. Um, Leviticus 14. Now watch. What's the purpose of religion? Huh? What, what's the purpose of the law? To point us to Christ. To point us to Christ. Exactly. So this in Leviticus 14 is part of the law. What should this do? Point us to Christ, right? It should verify Christ to us. Leviticus 14, verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the what? Law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. We're looking at religion. What's religion for point us to Christ. Now he should be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go to the outside of the camp. And we know in uh, Hebrews 13 says that Jesus went outside the camp to meet us. Thus the priest shall look, and if the infection of leprosy has been healed in a leper, then the priest shall give orders to take two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet string and hyssop for the one that is to be cleansed. Now, Two live birds, we're going to see that's Jesus. The, the cedar wood, dual purpose, the cross, and cedar wood, um, in, in some of the old, old translations, it's called shittim wood. And you can put that wood in a swamp for about 300 years, and it will not decay, just like the body of Jesus. In scarlet string, any theologian will tell you that you can cut the Bible anywhere you want to, it'll bleed with the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And hyssop, hyssop is a... Anybody remember what hyssop is? Every, the blood is always applied by hyssop. Anybody remember? Huh? Old truth, we got to remember that. Faith. It represents faith in the Bible. You always apply the blood by faith. Say amen. amen. Okay, now watch this. Then the priest, verse five. Then the priest shall give orders to slay the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water, or live water, or the word always represents water represents the water of the word. For the live bird, now now let me just uh, yeah let me let me just move forward and I explain. It. So the priest would take out into the field all of these items in his hand. He would take an earthen vessel, pour fresh water in it. He would slay one of the birds, and he would dip everything covered by the blood into that earthen vessel. And it shows a beautiful picture of the cross. And then he would take all of that out. He would take the live bird and let it go in the field. A picture of the death, the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. And that's what religion is supposed to do for us. Somebody say amen. (laughs) I love it. Now watch. Oh, then he would take and sprinkle the cleansed leper seven times with the water and the blood. And what does seven represent in the Bible? Completion. Completion. When will we learn that when we got saved, we got saved all the way? Yeah. Hmm. Are you hearing me? Okay, now, uh, go over to Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter number 2. Isn't the Bible an interesting book? My goodness. You know, it just makes you want to read it, don't it? Huh? Hebrews chapter number 2, you'd be amazed if you read this thing. It'll just, it's like popcorn, it'll just start boom, 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 boom. And the truths will just be so good. So, the Father says, you can be the sacrifice, but we're going to have to make flesh for you first. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14 Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. This tells me I don't have to be afraid of the devil. Yeah, I don't have to be afraid of him. He's a loser, man. Yeah. Okay, so here's a word. um, Go over to chapter 10. Here's a word. I'm going to challenge you here just a little bit, okay? Um, Some of us are still stuck in religion. I pastored a church that was stuck in religion And I did it really good, Phyllis, because I was stuck in religion too. Like I told you, I got saved and lost like ten times a day. You know? If I did good for five, ten minutes, I was saved. If I didn't, well, I'm lost again. I need to, you know, just continuously, continuously. And sometimes we can get stuck in that I have never been so happy and free since the day I realized religion has absolutely no job with me after Jesus you see and I am part of the kingdom I am a son of God oh glory okay watch Here, here's <clears throat> a word if we're still trapped in religion look at Hebrews 10 uh, verse 4 for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, who's he? Jesus. Jesus. When he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice an offering you have not desired. Watch. But a body you prepared for me. Mm. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3 Go to Hebrews chapter 3. So the writer of Hebrews is describing that man lives in one of two different kingdom houses. That's, that's the only. Okay? So look at Hebrews 3, verse number. Uh, look at verse number 5. Now Moses, now Moses represents what? The law. law. See? Watch. There was a time we didn't know that. And now we know that. So when we're reading the Bible and we see Moses, now we know what it's talking about. You see? God, Lord. They're getting smarter every week. You know? (laughs) Now watch. Now Moses was faithful in all his house, in his kingdom, as a servant But for a testimony, now watch, but he was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. We're free from the law. We're free from religion. Our experience in here on Sunday morning should not be religious. It should be rejoicing. Amen. You see? Rejoicing and, and and learning. Now, so two kingdoms, two households. The house slash kingdom of Moses was the law of death, eternal destruction. And that's the life of somebody that's still living in that system. I would ask... I, I, You know, I'm like the truck driver chaplain, you know, about three days a week. And this one truck driver said to me one day, he's wanting this house. I think I told you about that. He's wanting the house, but he didn't want to ask, you know. Um, He goes to church, very religious. You all hear me? Very religious. He's a very religious guy. But I just don't think I'm good enough. I said, what's that got to do with it, Chris? I ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, I said, You're, "I know he loves his dad." I said, How, "You know, what kind of relationship you have with your dad?" Oh, good. And he, you know, I said, "Your dad love you." He said, "Yeah." I said, "You ever do anything wrong?" Yeah. I said, "He still loves you, though, huh?" Yeah. I said, "Boy, you got a lousy God, Chris." You know, <laughs> this guy is mean. So, I said, "Ask him." They're signing next week. Yeah, he went, he went and asked him. He yeah. just, you know, he asked him. Okay, now watch. Wait, you know, if, if we're going to God and, and the enemy's whispering in our ear and said, you, yeah, well, what about you said the other day? We are in a religious system. Yes, yes. And yes. the only option we've got yes. is to find Jesus. Hmm? Yes. I don't know how many. Come on. I don't know how many times. In my Christian life, and I've been around a while, (laughs) I don't know how many times I've had to get born again again. Are are you hearing me? I had to get born again again. Because my religiosity, it only led me to a confession, I really need Jesus. Hmm? And I just get saved all over again. Praise Praise the Lord. Right back at it again. My goodness. My goodness. So that's the house we belong to if we're caught up in that, you see? So um, hold on to, yeah, I got time. Hold on to Hebrews. And um, you notice, Galen, I'm not worried about that time tonight. I don't have to get up early in the morning. You guys are, you're you're all screwed. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, yeah, we got plenty of time, isn't there? Yeah. Any other night, I'm running out the door, quarter after. Um, so, hold, hold, Hebrews. Look at Galatians three, um, verse, verse twenty-three. Now watch. But before faith came, before faith in Jesus came to us. We were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith that was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law or religion has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. Okay? Now, Hebrews, oh, you got to see this, man. Go, go, hold your place in Galatians, go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Watch. Hebrews 13 9. Now watch. Here's my version of Christianity. See, I got a version of religion. You got a version of religion. That's that's why I can do something and you go, "Uh," and you do something and I'm going, did you see what they did? You know, we've all got our own version of What's, what's good and what's bad, okay? Verse 9. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Don't, don't get carried away by what's right and what's wrong. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by what you eat, uh, not to be occupied with that. Now watch, verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle, a.k.a. religion, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. We can become so religious-minded that we lose the right to eat at the table of grace and generosity. Man, look at somebody and say, golly, I'm glad I came tonight. Man. (laughs) Now watch. Um, Here's the other household. It's the household of salvation, the household of Jesus, the Son. Salvation equals kingdom entry equals eternal life. So our focus, those who have discovered the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and that this thing is about a kingdom, our focus should no longer be on religion. It should be learning how to operate and how wisdom designed this whole kingdom to be. You see? Because he says in Proverbs 8, he's still calling, he's still talking, he's still speaking original design to us, you see? Periodically, we need to ask ourselves, if I'm a citizen of the kingdom, am I focusing my life on operating in original design, you see? Um, Go over to uh, Mark chapter number 1. Mark chapter number 1. Let us show you here. Mark 1. So, here's, here's a question. Uh, did God promise a new kingdom or a new religion would be delivered to mankind to free him from the fall? A new kingdom or a new religion? Huh? So what was the purpose of the religion? Go ahead. To point us to Christ. He promised us Jesus. He didn't promise us a new religion so he gave us a new religion so we could learn and get pointed yeah. to Jesus. You see? Now, now y'all, y'all still good? You with me? Okay. Because if you're tired, I, I'm not quitting. Okay? Um, uh, let, me, let me read you this. Um, in, um, we looked at it last time. And now, watch, um, Nebuchadnezzar had that dream, and you can just write this down um, uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 through and 45. Okay? So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, Daniel interprets it, and, and he's talking about a kingdom. Now, watch, here he's describing what we're living in today. He said, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. So, he, And he says, so this is a true um, dream, and it's a true interpretation, and, and it would not fail. So it's a kingdom that we're looking at here. So when God decreed that wisdom would have to put on flesh, Wisdom, as we know from uh, Philippians, left His glory and all of His rights in the heavenlies, correct? So that meant He was born, put in flesh, and He was subject to man's fallen realm. Um, So God would have to invest in Him once again the glory that He was willing to give up in, in the heavenlies. So... Um, upon his baptism now remember Isaiah said we're comparing truth for truth Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 9 verse uh, number 6 that a, a child would be born and a son would be given to us verse number 7 and a kingdom shall what? and a kingdom shall what? huh? Rest on his shoulders, okay? Now um, now, now, watch uh, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse number 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and a spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of heaven saying, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Now watch. That, uh, that word, he saw the heavens opening, that's a Greek word for violently torn apart. So you can translate that verse as reading like this. And he looked up and saw the universe, and he saw it torn in two, and the spirit of the kingdom rested on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he said, "A kingdom will rest on his shoulders." Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Let me let me show you how powerful that is. Okay, Um, a lot of times in the Bible. When when there's prophecies about Jesus, and and it'll say, the keys, remember, uh, will rest on your shoulder, always on the shoulder. Locks in the Old Testament time were huge, okay? They didn't have these tiny little locks. The locks were so big that the bearer of the keys, let me tell you something. Did you know in Old Testament times that the king himself couldn't get in his treasury? It had to be opened by somebody that had the key. Mm. You're going to think about that about 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? (laughs) And you're going to go, glory to God, he gave me the keys. Now watch. So if the king wanted his treasure, he would have to call for the key bearer. And he would come and he would have this big contraption on his shoulder, okay? And the fact that he came with it bearing it on his shoulder was the status symbol of the man. It's shown that he was the favored and trusted of the king. Okay? Later on, you ever watch some of those old movies where the jailer would come down and he had the keys? Always had them on the shoulder. Status symbol. Later on, when the military came, even in the United States, where did they put the rank? Right on the shoulder. It's a symbol of their authority, a symbol of their status. And Isaiah said, and the kingdom, come on, will rest on his shoulder. Hmm? Man. Glory to God. Got any keys on your shoulder tonight? Jesus said, I give you the keys. Huh? Wow. Maybe now we can understand why God hasn't given us everything we've been waiting for him to give us. Hmm? You think about that. So, as the second Adam over the kingdom, Jesus faced the Adam test. Verse number 12. I'm going to have to close. Immediately, the spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness. Look at this picture. The spirit of the kingdom of heaven came down and rested upon him. And God said, Now you go into the wilderness. Because you... Have the apparatus, the spirit of the kingdom, to go defeat and unlock and loosen, you see? Now, uh, verse 14. Well, go to 12 again. Immediately the spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast, and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God, saying, The time is fulfilled. The religion of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this religion. Somebody better correct me. And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in any Sam, put your trust in this message. Yes. And that king of that realm had the authority to say, Father, forgive them. They never really understood what they were doing. How many here tonight are born again? Amen. Hmm? How many are born again? Yes, sir. Then you're living one of two different ways. You're either still stuck in religion and you're not tired yet of getting pointed back to Jesus and getting born again again. How many's ever been born again again? Yeah, too many times, yeah. What if you spent all of that focus believing in Jesus? Because I've said to a lot of religious people in a lot of churches that I've pastored, you know what your problem is. What? You need to get saved. I've been going to church for 49 years. Why well, then you ought to get saved? Huh? Believe Jesus. Put your trust in the gospel. You see? What if we spent all of that religious time that we spend investing in listening to Holy Spirit, learning the promises of the Word, and saying to the Lord, show me original design. Show me original design, because in there is the perfect life. Hmm? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be so gracious to you. And may you get such a realization of the salvation of Jesus, that you will never, ever again question his ability of what he did on the cross for you. And may you spend your days from this day forward investigating and operating in the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise.